everyone, thank you for joining us today. Before we dive into the episode, let me just say this. We had a little bit of audio technical difficulties in the middle of our conversation. Fire alarms started going off, and I wasn't sure there was behind a closed door. I didn't know if it was going to be recorded in the microphones. So we pushed through. I promise you, it only lasts for about two minutes or so. So you just got to push through. The content is so good that we covered today and didn't want to edit any of that out. So just bear with us. Thank you for your flexibility. And now, on with the show. Welcome back to another episode of Rocky Unscripted, where we talk about faith when Sunday's over. I'm sitting here with Sean Moyers as he gets his groove on. Yeah, you know it, man. Because I, <laughs> I got never rhythm. See you. I never see I you. I got rhythm. I never see you dance, but every time that... <laughs> soundtrack comes on you start to move dude it's so funny i gotta work on my dancing because i'm going back to kenya next year and i remember last year the first thing they do is they pull you all together with their staff and they love to dance and they got me out they just bring out people and they just bring them out in the middle Uh and they'd have them dance and everybody did amazing i killed the entire moment i think they stopped (laughs) dancing they got me out there and my two daughters looked at me like Oh, Dad. It was like a record scratch. It's the most Im- <laughs> Yes, exactly. Like, where'd that come from? There's not even a record playing right now. Yeah, it was bad. So, so did you have, like, a go-to move? It was like one of those moments, like, Matt didn't even prepare me for this. I didn't even know this was coming. Oh, that was on purpose. And then all of a sudden, I get out there, and it, literally, I danced, and everybody's like, let's move on to the next <laughs> thing. <laughs> so, I'm working on it. The quickly, they were like, someone needs to go pray for that man. Something's exactly. wrong. Something's wrong with him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that is funny. Yeah. I guarantee you that Matt specifically did not tell you that that was going to happen just yeah, just to catch you off i'm off working guard. on my revenge for sure so. you know what i think is going to be worse if you practice you think so yes i think if you practice some dance moves they're gonna be like <laughs> what are you doing dude i was um yeah i was watching what was it what's that movie uh with will smith and yeah. he's like the relationship yes. coach yeah oh what is it is it hitch hitch yes hitch I'm just, that's what my daughter said, Dad, Hitch. Stay right here. Keep her right here. Stay right right here. Keep her right here. (laughs) Which daughter is teaching you? Oh, Grace. Yeah. Maddie, Maddie probably was rather wanted to slap me and say, Dad, you just embarrassed me so bad. Uh Gotcha. She doesn't want to help you. She's like, just please stop. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Um, Well, it's good to sit down with you. I've been gone for a week. I haven't seen you in a while. I know, man. Good to see you. You got a cold when I did this, this last week. Yeah. You said you're on the the tail end of it, though. I'm on the tail end. Went through the whole family. I'm the last one. It's going around. good. It's yeah. going. Uh, my daughter Caroline just got back from high school camp with Rocky, and she was like, "Every single one of us had a cold yeah. while we were there." Yeah. So, now, but I had to see you today, man. I missed you. Oh, so, thanks, man. It's good to see you. Yeah, good to see yeah. you. It's yeah. good to be back. Uh, yeah. We just got back yesterday, and uh, we're definitely feeling that like grogginess of of travel. Yep. Um, even though we had spent the last like five days on the beach, just relaxing. Good Amanda's now stuff. in mourning. She's like, we got to get another trip on the, the, the Like, calendar. I'm not even asking you questions about it because I'm jealous. I know. It's like, don't even talk about it, Nick. You're well, you guys have talked, you, you've talked about, are you guys still going to get to go to some tropical place some, this year? Yes, we've had so much going and we have not, like, nailed down where yeah. yet. But okay. 25th anniversary in November. Whoa, so, 25. Yes. And I did not, man, guys. I, I, uh, we had like we didn't have anything when we got married, mm-hmm. um, and so I, I had a friend who gave us like a timeshare on the Oregon beach. It was great, cool. But I have not taken my wife like on a legit honeymoon type trip, yeah. and so we're researching, we're figuring it out, and uh, this year's gonna be the year. Hun- you know, hun- honeymoons are important. I, I get it, get it. Yeah, but I think honeymoons are wasted 
on people that are just married because usually it's these epic, <laughs> expensive, you know, vacation and, yep. and trips. But you're 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 coming off this crazy, intense planning, you know, yeah. period. Yep. And you don't know you don't know each other at all. And yeah. uh, I, I think they're wasted. It's like just do something simple for honeymoon. And then go on a better vacation like two, three years uh, later. Yeah, I just waited twenty five. <laughs> <laughs> so, so maybe don't recommend that. But no, we've been to, we've been to Hawaii before and okay. that kind of thing. But uh, this this one, we're yeah, we'll figure it out. We're yeah. excited about it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's awesome. Cool. All right, so today's episode it's it's the the first time that we're we're doing one of these episodes. We teased it with Amanda a few episodes back, and I just wanted to sit down with with you guys and and starting with you, Sean, and just say hey. What are your top three leadership principles that you have learned and employed in, in your leadership mm-hmm. recently? So it's not just like, okay, go through all the leadership books you've read yeah. and the yeah. podcasts and the conferences you've been to. I want to know what has been helpful to you right now, like the, okay. the, the top three. Yeah. Because I, I want to learn from it, and I think our listeners will be able to learn from it from it also. Yeah. So this, I know this isn't a a leadership podcast, but of course we talk leadership and we talk about self-leadership quite often when it comes to our, our our faith and spirituality. So I thought this would be a nice tangent for us to to take in in the show. That's great, man. I love it. Yeah. And I don't know how long the episode will be. Maybe it'll be short, but, um, yeah, I'd love, I, don't, uh, I don't got much leadership stuff <laughs> for you, so it's short. Yeah. Um, but let's dive in when, uh, whenever you're ready. What, what what are the top three principles that you've been applying recently? Yeah, it's interesting that you say, you know, things right now. Um, yes. Because there's uh, that does become... Not of all time. Yeah, that becomes a big thing because there's so many things yes. that you could have. But I think uh, three things that have been just kind of rocking my world lately, and there's one that's been more of, of a long-term so I would say this first one, it's not just a recent, it's been, man, once I started figuring this out about four or five years ago, um, it's just been a constant process. And that one is that you've got to replace unhealth with health. Mm. And I think any leader can do that. It doesn't even take more resources to do that. Um, it's just the, like being ruthless about identifying and eliminating unhealth in your organization and I actually think it's mm. it's in your organization, it's in your church, it's in your family. It's, man, healthy things grow. Yeah. It's just the way God created it, created the world, is healthy things grow. And then unhealthy things, man, they kill momentum, mm. they kill energy, they kill relationships, and they always put you just behind the eight ball of just trying to, like, how are we figuring this out? What is wrong? Yeah. Well, if we would identify unhealthy things and just start getting them out, we would actually naturally start moving toward growth and good things in our organizations or our families. Mm-hmm. And so I think one of the big things that we learned when I first came here was, um, uh, it sounds bad. This sounds bad. And you can't do this in a family, <laughs> but you can do this in an organization. Okay. Because you got to un- eliminate, you have to eliminate unhealthy people. Yeah. So family, you're stuck. Um, yeah. And you always got to be working toward growth and health. But in an organization... Um, for us and, and for me, I've, I think it's, it's imperative, number one, that the leader say, um, I have to eliminate unhealth in me. Mm-hmm. And if the leader sets that pace and says, um, you, know, you know, I struggle with this, but I'm working on it. It starts creating a culture of everybody wants to start working on, yeah, I, I have some things too. You and you wow, the, the vulnerability tone. of that, I want to head toward that also. But really, there are some people that will not focus on health 
And if you're a person in our organization, we've said that at Rocky, if you're a person in our organization that will not take a step toward getting healthier, mm. you can't be a part of our organization. Yeah. And the reality is, is you, me, everybody, we have a measure of unhealth in us. Mm-hmm. We're just broken, right? But we sure can take a step toward it. So you won't remember this is before you came, but I remember, um, man, I walked into the staff uh, here and I could f- just feel something. I was like, something is this, is... this is way early on for you too? Way early. Okay. Yeah. I was like, I there's something here that I just... It doesn't feel right. And it doesn't feel real healthy. It doesn't feel like people are trusting each other in that. And uh, if, if people can hear in the background, there's a fire alarm going off. I think they're <laughs> testing. I think they're testing. We're going to keep going. And if we start to see firemen run by, then we'll get out of here. <laughs> yeah. We did get an email that this was coming. Sometimes I missed it just it. had to be right during the exactly, podcast. Exactly, I missed it. Exactly. Um, so uh, I remember walking into a staff meeting and noticing, man, we're all having fun. We're laughing. And one particular person walked in and the entire room got quiet. Whoa. And I was like, what is going on? I noticed that person sat down. People started looking at, and I realized that person is controlling this entire meeting without saying anything. Wow. And the unhealth they just brought in the room affected everybody. So I ended up calling that person in my office, met with them, and wow, you could just feel the vibe of, I don't, I don't know if you can lead me, I don't know if this, and just conversation, I'm like, wow, did that person really say this? And I remember going to leadership and saying, guys, we're done. Yeah, It may take us a little bit, but we're done. And six weeks later, we let that person go. We met with the staff, and... Um, they, this is, it was the weirdest moment ever. We met with the staff and they applauded. I just, I was like, Hey guys, I'm sorry. This is a difficult like thing to share. Literal applause. Literal applause and said, thank you. And I was like, wow. And you know what? It was the last time you walked into a staff meeting and people were wondering what was going to happen and what yeah. we eliminated that unhealth and it raised the health of the organization. Um, three or four notches. That's amazing. Now it was interesting because I felt like at that time there were just some unhealthy pockets and it took a while to identify them. And one of the things that I started to realize is that you as a leader, you may not always be able to identify the unhealth, but the people on the front lines of the organization know exactly where it is. And so you start asking the questions and you start like talking to people and they can identify it. Now you have to, you have to, and the interesting thing is you you want to identify healthy people and healthy people can identify unhealth now if you if you're talking to the unhealthy people they're going to be just talking about all kinds of stuff mm. and you're not going to get to the right things i had that too where i had a person that i listened to in one organization i was in i was listening to them but they i i was young didn't realize that's an unhealthy person that is manipulating right and so you un, you identify healthy people and you help them, um, or you give them a safe space to help you identify the unhealth in the organization. Mm-hmm. So we we identified unhealthy people, and uh, and and what's interesting is when you start creating some healthy things in your organization, unhealthy people will naturally start to leave. Mm-hmm. Like I don't like this because it outs mm-hmm. me all the time. Kind of do. And, and one one thing that makes me think of is some of the values that you started bringing in early on. Yeah. Um, and, and one of the, one of the values that we talk about as a staff and sorry, if you didn't want to go here, no, go, go. but is, is the value of just say it. Yeah. And it, the idea of it. So often we will leave a meeting 
and we've said 90% of what we're thinking and we hold 10% back. Yeah. And we don't want to, we don't want to say it in the meeting because it maybe doesn't feel safe or we're frustrated with it. Yep. But what we do with that 10% is we then leave that room and start sharing that 10%. We start gossiping with other yeah. people. Yep. And one of the values you said, just say it, give us that 10% in the meeting. And I, I think with, when that value is, is embraced more and more unhealthy people that love taking that 10% and going elsewhere with it, start to get less and less comfortable. Yeah. Or maybe people are sharing like, Hey, there's, there is some unhealth. I, I need to let you know, this is my last 10%. This, you know, this is what I'm seeing. Yeah. That, I think that's what you're talking about. As far as those unhealthy people start getting uh, pushed out, maybe is not the, cause I don't know if it's that aggressive, but uh, it's, it's not a comfortable place for them to exist anymore. Well, I think what you just did is you have to have um, boundaries and you have to have guidelines to say, here's what health is and here's what unhealth is. Okay. And you just nailed it. We've, that's a big thing for us is we've nailed out six values for our staff that are the permission to play behaviors that you'll use on staff and that, that you have to have something to measure things by. So we have, you know, our staff values, just like you said, just say it people first, same team, you know, all of those different things that we have, they're worked into our coaching conversations, evaluation stuff, hiring. You can't be a person on Rocky staff and not know that just say it is really important. Here's what that means. Yeah. And then so when somebody does go, like you're saying, after the meeting, and maybe it's not even just that, it's like they didn't say the 10%. We tried that that idea, and it didn't work. And they're like, I didn't think it'd work anymore. Yes. Like, yeah. no, 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 no. I knew it. Yeah, you can't say that. Right. Because you got to say it in the meeting. Yeah. Um, it it would have been really nice to know why you thought that wouldn't work. Uh-huh. And so people, it the values make it really clear. And then it, if you're a person who's, just willing to grow, those values help you grow, yeah. you know? And man, I'm way good with a person because there was one thing I remember, um, I had an issue with encouraging people um, early on to get what I wanted. Mm. I would encourage you and say, really? And I had this one lady that she just read through that and she's like, you're a manipulative jerk. <laughs> and I'm like, my wife's like, you're not that bad. But she's right. There is something there that you're, Telling her what you think you want her, she wants to hear mm-hmm. to get what you want to get out of her as a leader. Mm-hmm. She was a great leader, did a great job, but I was, and I had to learn that. But once I learned it, once I learned, whoa, I'm doing that. And I've had two people say this, right? And if you're willing to change, man, I'm all about that. Yeah. And I had to do that in my life. Um, it's, you know, you're just always learning what you have to do. Yeah. But I think those are the things. So, so identifying it in your own self. Yes. And then in your organization. And your people, but yeah. then in your processes. Okay, tell, tell the, me more. One of the things that I notice is a lot of times we as organizations have unhealthy processes, and they can be unhealthy in many different ways. But one of the things that I noticed here when I came is we organized for us, not for them. Meaning we organized for the staff and made it for the ease of the staff mm. and not for the end user, the people in the pew, we might say as a church. Yeah. Or you might say as a, as an, um, as a business, um, your customer. And so what we, I even noticed there were things like for a person to sign up for something, man, it was super easy for us. Cause man, it just populated all these sheets and everything. We had everything all organized, whatever. It was 14 steps on the other end for another person to, to sign up. And we're like, why aren't they signed up? Cause it's an unhealthy process. Yeah. It's not built. It's not people first. And then we had some processes for our staff that maybe weren't processes, but more like in the ideas of like benefits and value and just really showing our staff value and we've mm-hmm. just really tried to work over the last you know six or seven years just to say 
how are we showing our people that we value them and we love them and man, we couldn't do this without them. Our best resource is, is people. Mm-hmm. And so how do we care for our people so that they love working at this place? Yeah. And so we began to get rid of anything that started taking morale away from people. And man, I, I just had a conversation yeah. with um, our HR director, Marilyn, today and became aware of one thing. I was like, wow, I'm glad you talked to Matt and Amanda about that because that will make this that much better. Mm. You know, just a little bit better. So I think you, I mean, just be ruthless about it. Like, you have to be kind, but you have to just dig and go, where are the unhealthy places in our organization? Because a lot of times what we do in organizations is we get stuck in the minutia of everything and we work in the business, but we forget that we're supposed to work on the business. Like, we're supposed to work on the values and on the environment and on the culture of the place. And one thing that I've just noticed is you can put all kinds of effort into new strategies and new ideas, but if you're an unhealthy organization, you just there's no trust and your people just won't go with you. And you yeah. might grow initially, but that's when big blowouts happen because you don't have the foundational trust. And I think in an organization, it doesn't matter if you have a thousand employees, ten employees, you know, or it's just you. You you can look at and say, where are the places that we can get get healthier? Yeah. And you gotta ask questions to to get there. And I think we there there's an assumption too that if you identify a process that's unhealthy or a person, and uh, I'm sure there, there's 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 steps before just getting rid of of that person or process. It's like, okay, how can yeah. we fix this? How can we maybe just with some clarifying conversations and some coaching, we can get better. But also, I think we assume that by saying goodbye, that that is the worst thing for that person or that process. But that is not always the. In fact, most of the time, they need to be in a different spot. Yeah. You know, and, and so I think we, I'll just speak for myself. I want to delay that, delay that, delay that, delay that, hoping it's going to get better, hoping it's going to get better. Meanwhile, other people probably in the organization are seeing like, why is this person still here? Nick? Yes. Why is that process still in place? And it's killing trust for you as a leader. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if we just go ahead and and with kindness and honor say, Hey, I don't think this is the right place for you, the right fit for you. Well, so many of those situations, those people move on and they do really well elsewhere. Yeah. So we assume that, well, no, 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 the best thing we could possibly do is just hold on. And that is, that's not the case. Well, we assume too that the really hard thing, the hardest thing, right? we don't like the conflict and the hardest thing is to break that yeah. relationship and say we need to part ways. It may not even be breaking the relationship, but it's breaking the partnership in the right. job. Right. Um, but the funny thing is, like you said, everybody else in the organization knows our needs to be done. <laughs> yeah. It's it's creating some drag in the organization yeah. because it why is the leader doing this? If I was a leader, I would do this, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing. And then the other thing is is sometimes the right thing is the hard thing. And we tend to shy away from the hard things and do the easier things. Man, if we just do the hard thing now, oh man, I, I can't tell you how many times we've made a change in something. And people will come back to us and say, thank you, so much easier. And then you realize, wow, life is so much better. Why didn't I do that a you, year ago? You wish you would have done it yeah. sooner. Yeah. Yeah. So I, we have a, um, a saying around my wife uses it all the time around our house, and she uses it with her coaching stuff, but do right, not easy. Mm. And uh, we've, we've just embraced that, that we need to do the right thing, not the easy thing. And the right thing will get uh, the right results. That's good. Yeah. Okay. Was that your first? That's number one. All wrapped up. Okay. 
There was a lot there that was good. Okay. That was rich. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I felt like you snuck in a couple of leadership principles, which is cheating. It is funny because I did have them written down. I was like, oh, that'll fit under that. I can get that in there. Yeah. You like, I'm, me, sharing, I'm sharing 30 leadership principles. Uh, th- that's a good, like, pastor preacher thing. It's like, <laughs> I've got three points today. I got a poem, too, if you want, man. No, all, right. all right, your second, second of your top three right now. Uh, focus on a few things. Uh, you know, there's the old uh, Pareto principle that they talk about is, you know, that, um, you know, 80% of the results usually comes from. 20% of the activity and the energy and the push. And uh, so we, I think, again, you go to a little bit of that, that we usually focus on the easy things and uh, we don't take time to identify the three things that might be the best things, the three things that might make the most impact on organization. Mm-hmm. When I first came here to Rocky, we, we didn't focus on a few things. Rocky was a place that had lots of ministries. I mean, yeah. and it was good, man. There were so many good, good things. And um, but I remember there was everything from a teddy bear ministry. Wow. That's cool. Okay. Uh, but it was, but if you think about what it was, is they were taking teddy bears to um, kids um, who were in the hospital with cancer. Yeah. Dude, that's great. There was a quilting ministry. There was, I mean, I could go on down the list. And those things all were connecting with good people on yeah. good things. Um, but there was like 50 of them. Yeah, I mean, as you're saying it, it's like, oh, you, you could easily make an argument for all those things. Like, no, 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 this needs to happen. We should. Yeah. Why? Because it's a good thing. Yeah. It's, it's showing kindness. It's showing, you know, care of these people. But you go down the list, and if there's 50 of those things, those all require leadership. Yeah. They all require some oversight. And so just thinking of the amount of energy and resources that you're having to put into all 50 of those things. And it's spread out leadership across all 50 of those things yeah. instead of taking 20 great minds and putting them in three things. And uh, so I think we've gotten a lot better. And again, it goes back to um, some of our biblical values. If you think about it, a couple of years ago here at Rocky, we established like eight values. We're like, these eight things are really important to us. Yeah. And we defined them, and we said, here's what these things are going to be. And it was Sounded like really good. irresistible compassion and irresistible yeah. love and irresistible whatever, you know, all this stuff. And there's some things we were growing and learning through, but none of our people could tell you what all seven or eight of the, I can't even remember how many there were. Yeah. This last couple of years, we've narrowed down to three. And we've said, hey, first things first, go together for the one. That's what we're about. And here are the couple two or three strategies within those things. Like you just take go together. That might be the best example right now. Go together has the idea of just community. It's the idea of God created us to be in community together and our strategy with that is groups. But if you think about how long we've worked over the last five or six or seven years on that group's pathway and the different steps in the pathway, the pursuit journal that we have, all the different things that Mitch Comstead and Susan Broerman and their teams have done, have been really strategic and we've put all kinds of effort in be, being consistent and working on the same thing and developing the pathway with one more step and one more step, not changing to something else we've identified. This is one of the few things that is mm. most important to us and that will move the dial more than anything else with our people is putting them in community and giving the best process, giving the best structure, giving the best resources and the best um, things for them to study in the context of relationships with other people. And they've done a phenomenal job and mm-hmm. they've stuck to it. And so I think in our organizations, a lot of times what we do is we'll, we just focus on fixing fires 
uh, things that come up or we focus on just um, easy little things over here. I'm just, actually it's, it's the idea of like activity is not achievement, mm. right? Just, just because we have a whole lot of activity going on does not mean that we're accomplishing anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think it's choosing a few things and then saying, here's what that f- these few things are. And then creating strategies to help you get about 10% better every quarter is super important. So example would be, we've said one of the things we think is one of the most important things we do is we gather every Sunday. So you've been working on and with your team, your team is, d- does an incredible job um, with worship stuff and all that. But one of the things we've said is when people are coming in that door, we're preparing a sermon for them for every week. Mm-hmm. And so what can we do to get better? And we just instituted some, some new processes, yeah. right? Yeah. So for us, that's one of our few things we're like, we have to do this well every single Sunday um, or people aren't coming. And so we instituted some new things and said, okay, so um, we're going to write our, our manuscript. It's going to be turned in 10 days ahead. So it's actually nine days ahead. It's Friday night, yeah. um, a week and a half before. And then on Tuesday, the following Tuesday before Sunday, um, we're going to get up and teach that to about seven people on our staff, and they're going to give us feedback. And before, what we do is we finish, to be honest, there were times where Matt and I, we had so much on our plate, we'd finish on Friday or Saturday. Yeah. We'd get up there, we'd preach it at 9.15, and you would come to me and you'd be like, hey, great job. But dude, hey, think about this thing you said. I bet if you you landed this joke this way, and it was great because the 1045 service was getting that, <laughs> but they were getting the best that I could adjust in yeah. 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah. You know, between services, right? Now what we do is you guys sat there on Tuesday while well, you were sitting on a beach on I Tuesday. I was on a beach the on Tuesday. The rest of us were yeah. working and yeah. doing that. But they sat there, and man, I'm talking about the idea of blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Man, there was one word that is associated with purity that Matt and Luke mm-hmm. and Amanda and and uh, and Dane nailed in on it like, dude, if you attach the beginning of this to that word and you hit it here with this story in the middle and then you wrap back around this way at the end, dang, that'll be good. That'll be helpful. That'll be convicting. And I was like, wow, this really would have sucked. <laughs> Not sucked, but it would have been an hour. It would have been a good message. It would have well, been a B. You've been able to identify... Um, if, if, if I give myself more time to work on this ahead yeah. of time yeah, and then even humble myself and put this in front of people, they can add, you know, th- their thoughts. Then you go back to it. I'm sure, you know, throughout the week here and there, Yep. um, that takes a lot of humility and, and a lot of focus like you're talking about to say, Hey, if, if, if preaching is one of the most important things I do and, and it is to our church or, or for our church then you 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 raise the the level of the water quite a bit over the last couple months with getting that manuscript in early and and, and teaching that to, to people ahead of time and, and humbling yourself. Mm-hmm. I, I can totally see how you're you're applying that. Focus on fewer things, but yeah. keep trying to make those better every single yeah. Quarter I think if we, you know, I've heard Craig Rochelle talk about the idea is get one percent better every day. Well, how do you do that? But what we could do is we could say put in some processes and some accountability and some evaluation to get 10% better this next three months, this yeah. quarter. Yeah. And I think we've done that. And it may not actually be that we got 10% better. We may have actually 
it may be that we look back and say we've been more consistent. We got 25% better mm-hmm. because we're using everybody's voice. And I feel like the people in the room are getting to speak into and they're bought in. Mm-hmm. It's even helped out. Like you guys in worship, I've noticed there's things that you are, okay, I already know, not just from getting his notes on Friday or Saturday, but I know where he's going. So the worship moment. We're a, yeah, we're able to make better planning, tied make in. better decisions. And yeah. It feels like a message. We're inspired by service. you yeah. on Tuesday when we hear what you're saying. And then on Sunday, something that, that maybe God has used something that you said on Tuesday and worked it out in our lives. And we have we have something that might be a little bit more valuable, a little bit more helpful to, for someone to hear on Sunday. Yeah. It's huge. So I think in an organization, I think what you need to do is you need to identify your top two or three things. And then within those two or three things is what's the strategy that's actually going to move the ball more than anything else. Yeah. And then how do we put 80% of our time into that, yeah. that thing to get the biggest results out instead of putting 80% of our time into just fighting fires or just all these other structural things. What are the main things you're going to move the ball forward? And if you're going to do that, you got to have an open conversation you have to have the ability and the and kind of the environment to have open evaluation on things. Mm. So one of the things that we have said, and we've, you and I have talked about this, and we've been very open that you know what, how do we critique the weekend? Because it is a very personal thing when you put your heart and soul into something and you try to write and you get up there and you share. It is a vulnerable thing to come back after and be like, guys, how we think that went, and yeah. what would you do better, and what would you dif- do different, and that is vulnerable. So you help me with this. We meet on Mondays. Yeah. And we've just said you got to have, we've just got to start creating that environment of saying, um, there's a few things that we're just going to check on and say, hey, yeah. did we do this well? We're going to evaluate them. And so we talk about our time window. Did we hit our, our window of time that we said the message is going to fit within this time? Because one of the things we always notice is like, if the less prepared you are, the longer you go. And so, and that's true. You know, we, you're, you're, you're picking on yourself and we yeah. pick on you guys. But it's true, if we have these moments when worship leaders are like, hey, I want to share something, it's like all of a sudden you were talking for six minutes. Yeah. And uh, maybe not a big deal, but all those things add up if, but, if we're not yeah. prepared. And so our window is 30 to 35. We're trying to stay in that. And uh, we can. It just takes work to be more concise with words. That's good. Second thing is the sermon on a, in a sentence. Yeah. We share that three weeks prior to the message. Everybody, you know, knows, hey, here's where we're going with that scripture and that passage. And so we evaluate and say, did we teach that well? And then we look at it, did we not, did not just the communicator, mm-hmm. but did everything from the songs to the worship moment to the communion time, did everything flow together yeah. well? And it's and been good. Absolutely. And I think it comes from the, those, those Sundays where we're like, man, that was such an awesome Sunday. Why? And we go back and go, um, we, we did a good job with the time that we were given. Yep. Um, and we felt like the whole day all agreed to, to communicate one thing mm-hmm. as opposed to you're sharing about how we should forgive like Jesus. And then I'm sharing a, I don't know, a, a scripture that's talking about we should go be missionaries. <laughs> and then, you know what I'm saying? Like, and then everyone walks away from the day and like that, those were all good things. I have, I just don't really remember what anyone said. Yeah. Um, that that's not a win. Well, so we identified those things, and we're like, that's that's a, yeah. that's how we would define if a Sunday went well. Yes, as opposed to how many butts were in the seats, right? And sorry to be a little crass, but we're just reducing it down. But sometimes we can just count numbers or how many people had their hands raised. You know, how many people came forward for prayer at the end? 
those are measurements that we can count, um, but they're not always helpful. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So if we can just say, Hey, did we do these few things and we, did we do them well? Yeah. What, what the key has been to those things, and we're just new on some of this new process is keeping those things, like find the few things. Um, how do we get 10% better, but how do we do this over a longer period of time? Mm. I noticed a lot of leaders and I used to do this a ton is that we were always off to the next thing. Let's identify the biggest things that will have the most impact and let's stay after it for a year. Mm. Let's stay after it for two years or three years, like our for the one value. Yeah. That's been one we've had to create groundwork. We've yeah. had to I- try to infiltrate that into our people and their thinking and the foundation of who we are as a church. That's been, we started that in 2020. Yeah, we've been chewing on that one for a while. Yeah. So how do we just keep getting better and deeper? And what mm-hmm. becomes fun is when it becomes part of who you are and the value of who you are. And then you create these processes and you start seeing like we're making progress then the hunger for more progress really gets there and people come up with better ideas and more ideas and it just naturally creates momentum. Yeah. And so I'm really excited about this one. I think for people in their organizations or their families or whatever it might be, what's the two or three things that you could focus on for the next year Yeah. and just get 10% better every couple months? You know, th- this, this may have been, you know, said too much, but you look at in our culture and I love to, I love to eat and I like, I love hamburgers. So that my examples right now are just burger places, but you think about in and out burger, actually even think about what a burger yeah. and, and like yeah. down South in Texas and stuff. Uh-huh. And then Shake Shack, who's yep. a little bit more, you know, like bougie, all of those organizations only focus on a few things. Yeah. And, uh, I was even, I'll branch out a little bit. I, I heard uh, an interview, the, the, the guy that created Cane's yeah. chicken, uh-huh. people have been bugging him to add sauces, to add things to the menu, to, you gotta add this, you gotta add that. And he's just like, we're doing chicken fingers, mm-hmm. chicken fingers, chicken And people will wrap around the building, you know, waiting to get into all these places compared to like a, a Jack in the box or something like that. Not yeah. to pick on that company, but it, it cracks me up that it's like, you can get everything at a jack-in-the-box now i haven't seen a jack-in-the-box in a while i don't even know if it's still around but the point being is you spread yourself so thin saying i want to offer a little bit to anybody right and everybody mm-hmm. and they might not even be coming to you because you're giving them something that's valuable and what they want it's just like i want a taco and you have a taco right here on this menu and th- this this kid wants a, a burger so we can come to the same place and but no one's really happy no one's yeah. being served well. And it makes me think about that when you say, hey, we just need to focus on a few things, but focus a lot of your energy, all of your energy onto those few things. Yeah, and you may have said it well, too, have just said it better, too, at the end there, of just focus on the few things that move the ball forward, but there are also some things that might di- differentiate you from anybody else. And that's also focus on those things, become the best at those. Yeah. And uh, that usually sets you apart from other people. I do feel like there are a few things that... Um, we're, we're doing and have been starting to do in the last couple of years that have di- differentiated us from maybe some other places in our area. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the pathway and, uh, yeah. and our group's pathway and some of the things that we're doing there, I've had pastors uh, that I'm connected with around the country see that Pursuit Journal and mm-hmm. see some of our pathway stuff and start saying, hey, can I get some of that? Hey, can your guy talk to my guy? And So I'm really proud of that. I thought our worship night the other night to, for you guys to be able to hold eight out of nine songs and so much energy and passion and worship there be your own songs yeah and out of what's going on god's doing right here 
Mm-hmm. Um, man, that was just a huge momentum thing for our church. And I think you just, man, how do you do more? You said that. How do we do more of that? Because there's, it creates excitement in our team mm-hmm. that's bleeding out into our people and it's raising the water level. So what and, is it for people? And, yeah, and, it, and it's us identifying who God has made us to be, mm-hmm. what what our maybe our natural tendencies or skills or yeah. what. Let's focus in on that because one thing that we we've recognized is it, it, you're, we're talking about you know churches right now and churches in our area. We don't want every church to be the same. Yeah, that is not healthy for the body of Christ. Yes, there needs to be. Uh, I hate to use this term, but like different flavors out there. Mm-hmm. That because people are unique and they need to be served in, in unique ways in different seasons of their life. Yeah. And that's something that I, I think we're, we're just kind of starting to hit our stride as an organization yeah. saying, this is who we are. We're going to go for it. Yep. And it's a really exciting place. So we're even in our elite team retreat. We're having that conversation next time uh, too of like, what differentiate, like, I think we know, but let's make sure what differentiates yeah. us from anybody else. Right. What do we need to do to keep pushing on those things? Yes. And if we're in our families just comparing ourselves to other families, saying how do we wire ourselves or structure ourselves to be just like this other family over there in the organizations that we're leading, we need to just copy these other organizations, that that is not necessarily going to get you where you want to be. No. It's identifying. It doesn't breed creativity. No. Yeah. Copying does not breed creativity at all. But we can learn, right, from others. So so those are two uh, two. things. Uh, Third one, this one might be shorter, but... uh, so this one, this when you talk about just like right now, this is something you asked me to do this. This is something that's happening right now. Okay. And it's, I probably wish I would go back and have done this more. Talk less, listen more. Wow. So that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, That's I, not rocket science. No. But I think we all make this mistake yeah. in, in not following that. So, okay, how, how did you get there? So why has that been important recently? I think when you come into an organization, you've got so many ideas and so many things and leaders have a tendency. One of the best things we could do is sit down and learn the organization first. So I did try to do that when I came here, but I remember coming in and I probably did just spend too much time saying, I thought I knew Mm, what we needed to do. So I wish I would have taken a little bit more time, a couple more months just to listen and have people just drop into my office and just say, Hey, let me ask you a bunch of questions and listen more. Um, there is a time and a place where the leaders got to stand up and say, here's where we're going yeah, and here's what we're doing. And you got us talk and share and share vision and, and push. But I think when a person gets into the organization more longer longevity is there, we forget, we think we know mm-hmm. everything about the organization. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think the leader might be the most uninformed person about reality wow. in the organization. And so one of the things I've done lately, I was meeting with a couple of lead team members and some others and just, just saying, Hey, what, what, what do you think? Like, what do I need to hear about our organization? And I noticed in a couple different people, there was, there was this sense of like, Hey, I think you, you, uh, you're really busy. There's a lot going on, but I think you need to get around a little bit more relationally with our team. So I started doing that. Mm-hmm. And I asked my assistant, I said, hey, I just want to connect. I want to hear. I, there's no agenda. I just want, so don't freak people out when you call them <laughs> and, you know, ask them, hey, Sean wants to have coffee with you. The big boss needs to talk. Yeah, it just, just tell them no agenda. He just wants to see how you're doing. Mm-hmm. But, man, Nick, it's been so fun to just develop relationships and have some fun. Talk. But I've had a couple conversations in the last week with people that I'm like, and I didn't know that. Mm. 
And they're not bad things at all. They're just like, wow, I was uninformed about that. And man, I bet we could help you out there really fast. And man, I'm glad you've talked to Matt and Amanda a little bit about that because I, I don't know if they knew that. And man, we can help that quick because I think the people who are probably the most informed are the people on the front lines. But if you do, you check out most organizations, the people on the front lines are the ones that feel like they're least valued. And they're the ones saying, well, yeah, the people on high don't, they don't know what's going on down here and they don't know what I deal with. And if I, and man, I just, um, in a few conversations, I've been able to sit down and just, it's been so much fun just get to know about more about people's families and what's going on right now in their life. But they all have one or two things. Yeah. And what's been really interesting is most of them have been different things. And we've worked so hard on health that they're actually little things, which I'm really excited about. We're not, it's not some big glaring thing. Mm-hmm. I hate my job. I hate, it's been more like, Hey, you know, I, I don't know if you know that, but I think there's this one little thing. If we just focus on that'd be great. And they're little things, but those little things will mean a whole lot to those people right. if we, we deal with that. And I think there's a side of just as a leader, just getting in and connecting with more people and hearing more, talking less and just listening and asking good questions. I think that's a really mm. important thing is asking really good questions uh, to say, hey, if, uh, if you could say anything to me, what would it be? Hey, if you had the last 10%, and you didn't worry about what you, you know, how I'd react. Last 10%, what would you say? Um, and then another great conversation is when you don't quite understand all of it, is just asking, help me understand. And uh, that's just been super helpful. Now, that one's the most translatable to a family. Yeah. Is like if, you, it, you know, a lot of times mom and dad, they're running so fast. Have you sat down and asked your kids, mm-hmm. how are you feeling about family right now? How are we doing? Is there anything that I could do to, to help you? And man, you might have to ask that three or four times right. before they actually say anything. Right. But uh, if you get into the habit of that, you know, one of the things that my staff was like, uh, you know, we do our regular staff meetings um, and you're you office at the NIWA campus. So you see those people a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it'd be good if you came out to the, to the Fred staff meeting with no announcements. Like, no things to tell people about, yeah. but just come sit down and hang out. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, that, I would. And, you know, and sometimes on those Tuesdays, that's a, that's a time because I preach that sermon at one thirty for the other staff. I mm-hmm. probably am taking some of that time and brushing up and getting ready. And it's pretty quiet because everybody else is doing their, their staff, individual staff meeting. And I use that time to get a lot of stuff done. Mm-hmm. And I think what that person was saying, but you get a lot more bang for your buck. At laughing with us at staff, right? At the Fred staff meeting. You're mi- you're right. Basically saying you're, you're missing some things. Yeah. That uh, you don't know you're missing. Yeah, and I don't miss things information wise. You know, right? Because my team is really good about it's keeping more that informed. shared experience of the, yeah. the 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 things that maybe didn't even make the the notes of the meeting the meeting notes. Yes. But they were important to that team to hear because you're yeah. like it was it was the the banter and the, the laughing and the opportunity for you to say something funny and people to be like yeah. Oh, I know Sean a little bit better now. And you can read biographies of great leaders, and it's interesting how many of them, um, you know, no matter what you, uh, where you land on politics, like I, I enjoy reading about different people. And mm-hmm. so one guy that has stood out, I, I read um, uh, a book about George Bush. Everybody you talk to and you read about him, he was way connected to the front lines of people. Mm. Like even in the White House staff, 
the facilities people, you know, the grounds people, like he knew them by name. Um, there'd be conversations that he'd have, and they'd talk about just what a great guy he was to them. And uh, just enjoyed, you know, asking questions, how this going? And, hey, I could fix that for you. It was one conversation. I'll take care of that. And he was beloved for, by the staff. No matter what people thought about him as a political leader and where his political stance was, he, he loved people and connected with people well. One of the biggest things I thought was hilarious about him is you remember how Dana Carvey used to make fun of him yeah, all the time yeah. on Saturday Night Live and Not everything? going to do it? When, that he, guy? when he didn't get real, <laughs> yeah, exactly. When he didn't get reelected, you know what he did? He had a comedy. His last couple of days in office, he had a barbecue for everybody in the staff, okay. pulled them all together, and had Dana Carvey as the guest oh, that's awesome. to come and roast him. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, dude, that's the kind of guy. Yeah, that's just a good dude, mm-hmm. you know. And, and some of that. So, I think, I think being a real person, connecting, and when you connect with people, not just asking about the job, but asking about their life. Like I just came. I actually had 30 minutes before this. I connected with one person on staff, and just got to hear about her family and what's going on. And it was great. I, I think leaders. One thing you'd recognize is that that is great advice, and also you you kind of gulp. Because you're thinking, that's going to take a lot of time. And that's gonna, I'm going to have to wade into some things I might not want to hear, right? Mm. There might be people that are going to say, your baby's ugly. You know, you think your baby's cute, but your baby's ugly. The, the risk of, of hearing those things have been have paled in comparison to the success you can have or the, the health well, that you can gain. Well, here's you go all the way back to the first principle we talked yeah. about then. If you don't want to hear what other people have to say, then you're unhealthy. Okay. So I might want to ask like, how you doing? How, how are things going? Please don't say anything. Yeah. <laughs> you Dude, know, that's, that's unhealthy. In, yes, in us. you're right. And we've got to get rid of that. I just want you to tell yeah. me, no, there's nothing. You're great. No. Organization's awesome. And, that's and you know, it, I do have to make sure that if I haven't been going as much as I should and connecting with people, it may take a couple rounds to actually get out of them for them to say, hey, Sean, I think you think about this. Now, we have some pretty direct people on our staff, and luckily there's relationship in other areas. It may not be that I'm going to every meeting that they're going to, mm-hmm. but we do things together. So I would say, you know, obviously with the Matt and Amanda and you and Mitch, we're in meetings all the time together. You're going to tell me, mm-hmm. and there's trust there, and you'll tell me. But, you know, I sat down with Sean Smallman the other day, and I think, it's safe, director? Yeah, I, safe, yeah, I think it's a safe enough environment there. And Sean's a direct guy. Mm-hmm. He'll say it. Yeah. And uh, when they say it, you got to be ready to hear it. And if you can't hear it, you're unhealthy and mm-hmm. you, you're the problem. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, uh, and that honestly, that comes out of just some counseling and uh, just some marriage counseling and some other, some places I said, I mentioned four or five years ago, four years ago, probably. It was a more unhealthy time for me. Yeah. And an unhealthier time for my family and a counselor saying, you're unhealthy. Let's start figuring this out. Yeah. And man, you look at the benefit of the work has, has been great. So I had this cool thing that happened the other day as there's a new church planning network starting on the front range. And I got to go down and hang out with a group of people that are helping with that and started, started. And, and, uh, I just noticed that there were about five things that were said in this two hour meeting in the context of church planning that just really challenged my thinking Hmm of some people that are in different contexts and they're in different contexts in all kinds of areas. So they're in different economical contexts, like where their churches are, maybe, um, ethnic 
contexts, um, uh, maybe even leadership contexts in different denominations of churches. And there were things that were talked about in that meeting. I'm like, wow, I should be thinking about that. Mm. And so I think there's a side too of not just listening inside your organization. You got to listen outside your organization and you need networks of people where you can talk less and listen more to what they're saying uh, that will challenge your thinking to bring new ideas into your That's good. your company or or whatever organization, whatever you lead, church, whatever. So love it. Well, Sean, thanks so much for for sharing. You know, not just like all right, let me look through my life and like these are my top you know ten leadership principles, but to say, hey, this is what has been helpful recently. I think there's a lot that we could pull for this. Uh, a lot that our listeners can pull and start uh, applying it. it. It may be difficult. And there may be things that, that we discover that we don't want to hear, but it is going to be worth it to, oh, yeah. to, to be healthier in our families and our organizations. Yep, for sure. Could you yeah. play the music again so I could dance yeah. a little bit? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, no, I can't do that because we have outro music. I got to play the outro music. It's a little less dancey, though. It's I've a been little practicing the intro. I don't have an outro, bro. <laughs> This is why you shouldn't <laughs> practice for, for your mission trip. Okay. All right. Good Don't stuff, practice. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Sean. See you, man. Well, thanks again for joining us on Rocky Unscripted. If you'd like to find out more about our church, you can go to rocky.church slash this week. And no matter when you're listening, it'll always be up to date. We'd love to connect with you and love to serve you as much as we can. Please share the podcast, rate us, review us. That helps us be seen by more and more people. Love you guys. And we'll catch you next time.